Hello and welcome to the Serious Games Podcast. All about playful methods for interactive trainings and facilitation. Let's get started. And today I'm talking to Rohil about one of his favorite games, uh, Magic Pencils. Uh, Rohil, thank you for your time and thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me today, Julian. <laughs> We haven't met um, in person before, so this is the first time, yeah. but a colleague of mine, um, I guess she's been a part of one of your sessions during an Agile Games meetup here in Berlin, mm -hmm. and you played the game Magic Pencils or Magic Pens, and then she uh, called me and she said, oh, I really need to interview you. Mm -hmm. So, Rohel, maybe um, you can give us a short pitch on what is the game about, and of course, who are you? Okay. Uh, my name is Rohel, and... Um What I do currently is I am an Agile uh, Transformation Specialist for eBay. And in my other times, I love to do coaching. So, yeah, so that's me in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Let's see, the Magic Pencil game. Yes. The Magic Pencil game is actually a, a game about what happens when people do iterative simulations. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what is the outcome? What is the impact? And it deals with actually huge number of outcomes. Mm. And the most interesting part about this is the outcomes depend on the people. At the moment I'm thinking of a calculator game, a ballpoint game. Is that similar to that um, game dynamic? Uh, I think it's similar to the ballpoint game. Okay. So the goal is to show um, how you improve, how you continually, gradually improve through the iterations that you're going through. Yes. Are there any other goals? Yes. How you go through iterations, how you look into various marketplaces, how do you get outside your box thinking? Okay, all right. And also then it shows why retrospectives are necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay. And where did you come across this game or did you create it or is that a variation? So uh, I actually got this from my friend from... Uh, A company, uh, he's a CEO from this company called Dia Gilen, mm -hmm. uh, and he told me about this game and uh, told me to try it out, and when okay. I tried it out, um, we got really good wow. results from it. Perfect, yeah, that's, that's definitely what Barbara was talking about. Yeah, we got really good. So, so tell me, what do you need to prepare? Is there anything you need to take or uh, prepare in advance? Yes. So, uh, I mean, you don't need a lot of things for it. So, all you need for this is, uh, depending upon the number of participants, okay. so, uh, you need three times the pens, depending on the participants. Okay. Uh, so, for just specifically, we just need pens. Okay. We need a, a, a whiteboard. Okay. And you need something to write on a whiteboard. Okay, perfect. So, pens, whiteboards, and write on a pad. And how is the room set up? Is there any specific setup of the room that you need to start the game? Yes. The specific thing we, which we need is the distribution of pens mm. all over the place. Okay, all over the place. And one pen per player? No. The distribution is just all over the place. The main thing is, um, if I'm going to see for the structure-wise, mm -hmm. it's a group game. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, there'll be a group of minimum of four participants. You can go more than four also if you want. Mm -hmm. But it should be a minimum of four. Three okay. cannot do it as much because the learning opportunity is less. Okay. Because there are a few restrictions when there's three people. Mm -hmm. You can do it as one group also, but it's better to have it with multiple teams. Okay. So, so like three, four into three, twelve people. Okay, twelve people, um, groups of four, are in a room full of pens. Yes. And they're lying around on the tables, on anyway, the floor. Yeah. On, okay. Uh, so the maximum amount is not an issue. So it could right. be 
infinity and beyond. All right, I will ask you later <laughs> how many folks you played this game. And, and how do you start? So um, they see the pens, obviously. Yeah. So uh, what, what is your introduction? How do you invite them to get started? So the first thing we say is we are playing this magic pencil game, and uh, we have a team of four. Each team will have four pens. Okay. Okay, each team will have four pens, and then we give them a set of rules. All right, and what are the rules? So the rules are a pen is magic when all team members touched it. Okay. You write them down, right? Look, I, I do see you looking on your phone yes. now. Maybe we can share this um, this picture with our listeners. I can write it down and maybe give it to you. Because that would be nice. That yeah. would be nice. So it's magic when everyone in the team, in the group, yeah. has touched it. So yes. we're talking about the subgroup of four, right? The subgroup okay. of four touched. Right. The next one is you must not give a pen to your direct neighbor. Okay, not to your direct neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can give it to a person opposite, opposite to you, mm-hmm. not to your left or right mm-hmm. neighbor. Third one is, when a pen falls down, all team members have to touch it again. Oh, so it starts all over. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If the pen is, if the pen falls down. And the last one is, only the last round of the game counts. Okay. Because we're doing it in iterations. Mm-hmm. We tell them how many rounds we are going to do. Okay. And how many rounds do you normally do? Uh, we do about uh, five rounds. Okay. Five rounds. Five. Only the last count. Yes. We do it about like three to five rounds, depending on the amount of time you have. Okay. And the idea is, of course, to make or to transform as many pens as possible mm-hmm. into the magical sphere. Yes. <laughs> okay. Into the magical sphere. All right. And who counts? I mean, is that is this something that is self-organized by the team? Or yes. do you as a facilitator no, actively? No, no. This is something that is, uh, I mean, th- that's another thing about uh, these type of facilitations. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you are a team of four, and if we are the company that needs to get the results, we should trust them into getting whatever we are, okay. and not uh, manage them and see what the end results is. Okay. Yeah. And, and you write those uh, rules down? Yes. Okay, great. So the, the rules, the pens. So is there a starting time box, or how long is an iteration? Okay, so an iteration is divided into two segments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first phase is the planning phase, mm-hmm. and then is the doing phase. All right. So we have one minute of planning and maybe uh, two minutes for doing. Okay. And you can, and see, this is not a fixed thing. You can change it as per uh, what you feel All right. about it. You know, yeah. I felt one minute is good because then you can find improvements. All right. Uh, and at the end, after the planning, then we have about 30 seconds of, mm-hmm. like, how do you feel and all that Right, stuff. right. Okay. And, but I would imagine that the groups are now spreading out and just grabbing as many Pens as they can get, so to have them close no, no, by. No, or? no, no, no. The thing is, <laughs> you don't talk about the pens which is laid around. You only get four pens. I ah. give them four pens, and after that, I tell them the rules. Ah, okay. So you know, their mindset is not on all the pens around them. Okay, wow. Because when I tell that these are your pens, mm. and now the rules are these. Okay. The first focus, at least in the first iteration, is on the four pens. They got on the four pens. They got. Okay, got you, got you, got you. So they start planning, talking, um, drawing. Sometimes, uh, how can no. we do this? Uh, yeah, maybe mm. not drawing. Mostly talking because drawing yeah. takes a little more time yeah. to explain. All right. One perception to another perception. Oh, okay. And then you ring a bell, or there's this so little time box is over, yeah. and then they start doing. Yeah, they start doing. No, then uh, before after the planning stage, mm-hmm. we ask, "What is your plan outcome?" Okay, so they share okay. that. Yeah, what's yeah. your plan output? Okay, so they share 
um, that. And, and then you, we, we write that down. Okay, scoreboard. And then you put it down. Mm -hmm. We say, uh, so we divide the scoreboard into two sides. One right. is planned and mm -hmm. one is delivered. Okay, perfect. And then it starts. Then it starts. They do it, execute. Yeah. And what happens then normally? So in the first round, with these restrictions, uh, they'll be like, either they move around or they give the pens to the opposite person and uh -huh. the other person gives the opposite person. Mm -hmm. And so then they create and they move around and they create like maybe 15 pens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So th that's the first iteration is very small, like 10 to 15. Mm -hmm. Then as a person, then you say, okay, nice. Did you get any learnings from it? Mm -hmm. Now, what is really good about this stage is from the second to third round onwards, mm -hmm. people will start looking at other tables. How did this person get 20, 25, 50, yeah, true, true. 60? Mm. You know, there was a team that already figured out how to do it. Mm -hmm. And they just said two. Okay. Just because they wanted, like, if you think of a market perspective, mm. you know, we wanted to keep it a secret until the launch. Okay. So they said two and then they um, reached more than 60, you said? No, no, they don't reach. They okay. deliver two because... The first ah. four rounds do not count. Right, right. Only the final round counts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it creates a lot of, you see a lot of emotions, a lot of environments, a lot of personalities. All right. So you go through, as you said, one, two, three, four iterations, mm -hmm. um, always asking them about their um, outcome and then you track it. You have the scoreboard. And uh, what happens on a regular day? Yes, the observations we try to see is depending on the outcome that is taken. Right. The major oh. debriefing is done at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, to say what could have been done better. But during these things, uh, we do a little more of a coaching approach saying that if people are stuck, mm. I do a repetition of the rule. And then also, if I have to, I have to focus on like give expression and words like what i say is you must not give a pen to your direct neighbor mm. then what i do if people still cannot do I, I draw a box yeah and i say this is your playing field mm. okay this box is your playing field a big, a big box and right now with these rules provided how much of this box do you think you have conquered? So the impediments, literally, that you have, the yeah, box, yeah. Uh, the boundaries, yeah, the boundaries. And how much of what is possible are yeah, you exploring or using exactly. or making use of? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then when I say, when I just put a dot on it mm. and they say, that is the boundary that is actually given to you. Mm. And then we're like, how is that? How is that? I mean, this is only if they cannot right, solve right. it. Okay. So I, I need to try to break that mentality. Right. Then, then they focus on the the give part. Mm -hmm. Because okay. you must not give. Ah, okay. You must not give a person the pen. That is right. the only rule. Right, right. I mean, of course, we're already spoiling for um, participants who want to play this game yeah. afterwards, but... Oh, okay, I, I really thought this was just for uh, people who are going to uh, facilitate the game, <laughs> yeah, so that's sure, why I was yeah. giving the methods. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry for the people who actually want to play the game. <laughs> yeah, you need to stop listening now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we see to the iterations, you'll see gradual uh, thing that people look at other mm -hmm. uh, other markets or other tables, right. try to grab information. Mm -hmm. they, no one said about taking extra pens. Yeah. I'll just grab as many pens as I can. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Then the focus starts going to well, the external the, environments the and, and mm. uh, trying to go to the external environments, trying to grab information from that, yeah. which is valid for the company. Mm -hmm. So look, um, then there's this final fifth round yeah. that counts. Yeah. 
what happens then? I mean, is but, there a change in the oh, group dynamic and tension? Or exactly. So by the fifth round, mm-hmm. so depending the last round, like if it's the third or the fifth round, depending on the people, right? You will see uh, exponential growth in the output. Okay. So if in the start it was fifteen, at mm. the end it'll be about four thousand. Wow. And wow. that and that is the growth about providing what you learned mm. to the team, mm. and I mean what is learned from saying, and then it reiterating on what you learned okay. to improve the next output. Okay. Wow. Wow. And I mean you already mentioned a couple of debriefing uh, points, right? Yeah. Like fixed or growth mindset, the boundaries, exploring that, really understanding the limitations yeah. or impediments, yeah. but also uh, gathering information from the environment, mm. from other players on the market yes. in that sense. But it, this could also refer to other teams within the company, right? True. I mean, that's like creating a dynamic capability between finding synergies between each right, other. Right, definitely. Any other common debriefing? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you something you, which is uncommon, and I heard one person say this. And it was very enlightening for me. Mm-hmm. The person told me that the first part, when we created less output, was more fun mm-hmm. than the end, like trying to create 4,000 of, uh, of output. We got so much, yes. Mm-hmm. But as a person, I felt like it wasn't as fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get empowered to do that. Yes, we created so much. Yes, it was good learning. But that that charisma, that fun about being with a team, doing things together, you know, mm-hmm. that was less mm-hmm. at the end. And it, it triggered something that, yes, if you if you try to keep something that is like automated, really mm-hmm. fast, like a manufacturing plant, right. people will get bored about like, you know. I mean, there's not so much of you and your creativity that you need to bring to the table yeah. to make it work, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is automated. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, that's the whole point, I would say, about organization. Yeah. And yeah. you will get the same output mm. and even more you can scale it yeah. right you do repetition and you literally reduce the amount of creativity and personal maybe even commitment what yeah. say. so mm. the, the, that was a very interesting part for me when i saw how it actually impacted a person mm. uh, if you're output driven yes it's mm. the best thing but as a satisfaction level right uh, like for your own like happiness playing within other teammates mm-hmm. that is more in the starting level okay. because you're still in the ideation you're fun what do we do next mm-hmm. this works this works when you find something that really works and if you think this uh, the last one is like the best thing you can do and you cannot do anything better than that mm-hmm. okay. then that's where the decline happens about empowerment of a person like now your purpose is already completed what do I do mm-hmm. I mean, your level of mastery may be also right. achieved at that point. So mm-hmm. your empowerment level also, intrinsic motivation also falls down at that point. Which I, I mean, that's a quite interesting thing which I identified by one person. And it was it was quite interesting at that point. Yeah, and, and again, that, that's the whole point of um, serious games, right? Yeah. Um, it's emergent knowledge. You reflect uh, with the group and uh, you never know what happens, right? Exactly. Um, and, and the best thing is maybe other people find different... Yeah, definitely. Uh, and they will. Different yeah. outcomes, you know? And that's the best part <laughs> and, about it. And, and they will, all. yeah. Look, I'm still trying to imagine the 4,000 number. Um, so, of course, they reuse the pens. How much? How many pens do you bring? I mean, is that... Do you have a full bag full? you have like 100 or four, of course, for every team? So, you will get 
you can use that by using opens. Okay. Yeah, and in one group, of course, right? One group. Okay, if you want to get the best uh, achievement of 4,000, it's uh, very easy. It's just laying all the four pens or like five or ten pens together and everyone hitting at the same time. Ah, okay, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and that's how you get 4,000 okay. in, in the in two minutes of time. Yeah. And um, do you have an ultimate facilitation tip for, I mean, not only specifically for the magic pencil game, um, but something that someone who wants to use agile games or serious games should be aware of, do, not do, believe in? My only facilitation tip is be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, be authentic, be who you are, be a person. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't be looking like an instrument that you're doing something that could benefit another person. If they don't see authenticity within mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. and they feel it. And I yeah. find that removes the trust or the rapport that is created between a person. Mm-hmm. Be authentic. And being authentic means that listen to your gut. Okay. Because wow. listen to your gut, it may not work, but then that's a learning, mm-hmm. you know, for the future. And and that's why it's there. Always listen to your gut because, I mean, intrinsically or saying it's something that your mind wants to do and you should do it all. Go for it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. True. True. I can definitely uh, strengthen that point for our listeners. Look, now that we've explored this magic pencil game um, in, in the last 20 minutes, what is the, the magic for you about the game? So what makes it special? What makes it work for you? What I really like about the game is how how the mindset of a person changes mm. when they see that they are able, even with a set of restrictions, mm. and what they what they thought from the start mm. can be, I mean, increased by ten or thousand times right. from that usual rate. You know, uh, it's that perception that anything you can do, mm. if you put your mind to it, if you have the if you have a iterative process, if you keep challenging yourself, if you keep learning, if you keep if you do not fear failure, mm. and you actually have a retrospective background. You think of what you did and you be aware of the of what you did. You know, it's not just thinking. You need to be aware of what are the outcomes. Right. Then you can actually achieve greatness in whatever you want to do. Whatever a perfect sentence to close with. Uh, Rohil, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. And um, to all our listeners, till next time. Bye-bye. You can reach us at Hello at keylearning.net. We're looking forward to your suggestions, comments, and feedback.